Welcome back to another episode of Her Daily Drive, a podcast series designed to inspire women to find their daily drive in Jesus. Hear a range of testimonies and conversations with women of all ages about their journey, the struggles and the triumphs. I'm your host, Sarah, and I hope today's episode encourages you. Let's get started. Hi Tara, welcome to Her Daily Drive. Hello. To kickstart today, we're going to play a little matchbox trivia called The Great Debate. No, we will not be debating personally because I value us both coming out of this one in one piece, but we'll be hearing your opinion on a range of crazy subject topics. Here we go. Children should choose at what age they go to school. I think no. As parents, we have a God-given intuition. I know for my firstborn, he is at pre-prep. At his age, I don't think he'd have the maturity to decide whether or not to go to school. Because you definitely get kids that would be like, I'm never going to school. Totally. Yeah. I would have been like that. I will go to yeah. school when I'm 19. That's right. <laughs> That's exactly right. Vegetables are tastier than fruit. No way. Who would say yes to that? Seriously. <laughs> like, compare a mango to broccoli. No, yeah, thank you. Yeah, so true. No. Everyone should spend half an hour a day dancing. I think that's great. <laughs> Small wind farms should be fitted to the faces of people who snore. Definitely. <laughs> so much power. My husband's a snorer, so I'm going to say yes to that one. <laughs> that's awesome. We'd love to get to know you a little bit better, so can you share your testimony with us? Like I said, my name's Tara. I grew up in a Christian home. I'm 27 years old. My parents have been pastors for about 30 years now and they still love it. They still have a passion for people, a passion for ministry. So I actually feel really privileged to have grown up in such a secure and loving home. We moved to America when I was about 14 and then to the Gold Coast when I was in grade 12, which as you can imagine was a big deal at that age. Coming into a brand new school where everyone already had their formal partners and all that. Bit of a struggle at the time, but thank goodness for hindsight. It's a great thing now looking back and seeing the lifelong friends that I've made, the church that was started from my parents, which is still going and it's thriving. I met my husband through our church and we've been happily married for about seven years now. We've got two boys who are three and one. So we actually passed to one of our locations down in Tweed and we've been there for about the last four and a half years. We love it. It's been a big journey. I was only 22 years old when Mm -hmm. I started pastoring and the same week that we took over the church, I found out I was pregnant with our first son. So navigating pastoring and being a new mother was pretty big yeah but we love it we love being in ministry and love doing family Tara has an awesome story about strength to share today and I'm so excited Tara why do you think strength is an important topic in today's society Yeah, I think strength is such an important topic to talk about, especially because our culture today has such a, what I feel like a warped picture of what a woman of strength looks and acts like. Society tells us today that a strong woman needs to have it all together. She needs to be making a high income. You have to look put together all the time. You've got to have a great successful career, go home, be super wife, super mum to your husband and your kids, especially all over social media nowadays, these images of women who are considered strong, quotes about how they don't get intimidated easily they don't need a man they don't need anyone I don't agree that that's what true strength is you know I even popped it into Pinterest the other day of okay I'm just gonna google this and see what is a strong woman and I've seen all these quotes come up just about independence which none of it's a bad thing but the way society portrays it is you have to be this to be strong and I saw a quote by a famous woman the quote said I've got my own back and I was just like no 
that's not what strength is. I, d- I disagree. Mm. So yeah, I think it's definitely an important topic to talk about because I think society's lied to us of what strength in a woman looks like. Tara, what's your experience with identifying strength in your life? My experience wasn't fun with identifying the word strength. At the start of every year, my husband and I, we actually pick a word that we feel like God has given us for the year. And so in 2015, I felt like God gave me the word strength and it terrified me because I was like, no, that means something's happening or I don't know. And, And it actually was a huge year for us. And I soon found out why God gave me the word strength. My firstborn son was born with a condition that we knew from birth that he would need surgery for. It was nothing life-threatening, but it still, there was something that needed to be fixed. We were told it would be a two-phase surgery with the first being at six months old, which as you can imagine as a new mother is heartbreaking just Mm -hmm. to find that out anyway. And then the second and last surgery would be at a year old. Our first surgery went well. I was glad to get the surgery over with. As any mother that has kids that have been in surgery would understand watching them get put under, seeing them deal with the side effects of the drugs and anxiety and all that kind of stuff is pretty horrific. We then went into the second surgery and came out of that and unfortunately we took our boy out for his follow-up. After his second surgery they informed us that all his stitches had somehow split open. It was either due to an infection or some weird reason and it made the surgery he had just endured totally pointless. So that was devastating. We had to reschedule another surgery in six months time then. 2015 was when we went into the third surgery and I was so confident it would work. She talked us through it. She was going to use different stitches, different Mm -hmm. methods. We had people at church fasting and praying for us and believing for us and literally prayer teams constantly praying for our boy. I just felt in my gut, I'm like, God, I know that you've got this. This is going to be a great result. It's going to be fine. And and, you know, nothing can go wrong. We took him to his follow-up appointment 10 days later and after incredibly traumatic recovery period for him, yet again, the surgery didn't work. Obviously, I was completely shattered because I was so positive it was going to work. And I, I was sitting there going, we went through all that for nothing. Seeing our baby boy in so much pain, he was hysterical from the drugs, the 10 days of being home constantly watching his every move. As mums, you know, you can imagine with toddlers, you've got to try to keep them still. It's pretty much impossible. Not only that, but the separation anxiety that he'd experienced after the surgery for the next month. He'd wake up at night screaming for me and my husband. And so to go through all that, the longest 10 days of my life, to be told that he'll have to go through it again in another six months was just heartbreaking. So in that moment, I actually couldn't care less about the word strength. I couldn't care about any word that God gave me actually because I was so angry and felt so betrayed by God. It was one of those really big why moments for me which I'm sure everyone goes through at some point. Questioning God going why? Why my son? Why at six months old and onwards has he had to go through this when he's just he's so little and so innocent? Why when people were praying why did it still go so bad? God why can't you just heal him and show these doctors a miracle? It would blow them all away and it'd glorify you and so my faith just took a massive hit, I truly struggled to understand why. I cried so much in that first week as I processed it all. And eventually I had many talks with God and a lot of them were not nice talks. It was me yelling and crying and screaming. But I did, I came finally to a place of peace and knowing that even though I don't know the answers to my whys, that ultimately if I truly believe God is God and I do believe that, then I've got to understand that he's got it in control and he's still good. He's still a good father and he loves my son more than I do. Come December 2015, it was his fourth surgery and 
We were incredibly nervous and went through the whole process again. The surgeon came out completely confident it worked. The recovery was the best we had, so I was feeling so positive. And then there was just one day I had this funny gut feeling that something wasn't right. I called the hospital, told them my thoughts and reasons. They also, they blew me off basically and said, it's normal, it's all good. I feel like as a mother, you just know. I look back now and I'm like, God, you're preparing my heart for another result and sure enough we found out yet again in the follow-up process that it was yet again an unsuccessful surgery. Something was different though in my reaction this time and I noticed it and my family noticed it and my husband noticed it. Was I devastated? Yes completely. Was I heartbroken? 100%. Was I angry and crying still? Yes definitely but there wasn't this bitterness and rage in that welled up from the third surgery that I had so I knew okay god at the end of the day you've done something in me you've done a work in me and you've got my son in your hands and I knew this through all the surgeries but obviously I didn't actually fully trust it and believe God and what he said so I had to learn it the hard way and I just remember I remember walking out of that hospital room devastated but feeling at peace and I remember quoting a song lyric from Bethel Church and it says you taught my feet to dance upon disappointment and it became a quote that I'd have to come back to time and time and time again every time I felt bitter or angry or upset or hurt that you know god why no i'm gonna teach my feet to dance upon disappointment so i tell you all this because i feel like through this season of disappointment after disappointment and such a faith journey that i felt like i learnt what strength looked like during that season you know all my life i guess i associated the word strength with a strong woman with words like driven and opinionated a leader someone who won't back down just a goer you know mm. just those strong independent women that keep bouncing out back up no matter what life throws at her and i guess that's what i always pictured yet again what society had taught me that this is what a strong woman looks like mm. and it wasn't until i reached the end of 2015 and reflected on this word strength that god had given me and the year that we'd walked through i actually realized what the word strength means and entails and that strength actually comes from being totally weak totally at your wits end and completely and totally reliant on Jesus what does the bible tell us about strength like I was saying before, I believe strength comes from being weak and totally relying on Jesus. And a verse that really spoke to me throughout this season of learning what the word strength is, was 2 Corinthians 12, verse 7 to 10. And I love this scripture. It says, at first I didn't think of it as a gift and begged God to remove it. Three times I did that and then he told me, my grace is enough. It's all you need. My strength comes into its own in your weakness. Once I heard that, I was glad to let it happen. I quit focusing on the handicap and began appreciating the gift. It was a case of Christ's strength moving in on my weakness. Now I take limitations in stride and with good cheer, these limitations that cut me down to size, abuse, accidents, opposition, bad breaks, I just let Christ take over. And so the weaker I get, the stronger I become. This verse, it just spoke to me because I love that last part. I just let Christ take over. So through that season, I had to learn to step back no matter what my emotions were telling me to believe. I came back to this and go, you know what? I need to let Christ take over. The weaker I get, the stronger I actually become. And I just loved that. It really, yeah, spoke to me. Before we finish today, do you have any final words of encouragement for our listeners? Strength actually comes from telling people you're not okay. And strength comes from asking people to pray with you and pray for you. You know, I believe strength comes from crying and crying out to God. And strength comes from questions 
strength comes from being on your knees praying and not feeling like you have to be standing having it all together all the time you know strength isn't about how loud your voice is or your leadership skills strength is about a quiet grace that comes only from Jesus and maybe it's not with your head held high and that's okay but your heart's firmly planted in him strength isn't about doing more it's learning to be satisfied in the season that God has you in strength is not about doing it alone strength is knowing that you need people and you need community around you to lift your hands and strength is the ability to forgive I believe the word strength is about being completely and totally reliant on Jesus and his voice through the good, the bad, the highs, the lows, the things that we don't understand. Strength is all about having our heart firmly planted in believing that at the end of the day, God is good, that he's in control and that overall he loves us. Thanks so much for chatting to us today on the podcast. It's great to be encouraged and inspired to explore and identify what true strength really looks like. So thanks pleasure. Thank you for having me. Until next time, I hope you have a wonderful week.